0: This morning I want us to start at 1 Peter chapter 1. And I want you to see what Peter had to live a lifetime to learn. I want you to see again the living hope that we find in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning at verse 3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ according to His great mercy. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold than perishes, uh, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you've not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What a great and amazing message. And uh, Peter may have been the only person who could have experienced life at such a level that he could share that message of a living hope. And in the few minutes that we have remaining, let me just real quickly share with you five blessings that bring hope. As we look at the living hope, Peter unfolds that living hope. In verse 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he caused us to be born again to a living hope. If you are a believer, a follower of Christ... If you have trusted in him, then you need to remember it's not because you filled out the right card or walked the right aisle or said the right words. It's because God in his mercy caused you to be born again. And when he caused you to be born again, then you were able to say the right words and walk the right aisle and fill out the right cards or whatever it is. It's because his mercy, he brings us alive in Christ. And why does he do that? According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. He he brings us to new life, and then he allows us, enables us to live in hope, a living hope it talks about. That living hope is possible because we have a living Lord. It comes to us through a resurrected Christ. Because of his resurrection, we experience that living hope. Well, as we look at that living hope, what does it look like? What goes into it? And there are five blessings that bring hope, that make up this living hope. First, in verse 4, we have an inheritance that is eternal. One of the reasons that we can have such great hope is because we know we have an inheritance that is eternal. Verse 4 talked about the inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And we remember that everything on earth, everything, is either in the process of decaying or eroding or rusting or wearing out. Everything in this world is in the process of of going away but we have an inheritance not of this world we have an inheritance kept in heaven according to verse 4 that is undefiled and it it cannot it will not in any way decay it cannot go away it says it's an inheritance that is imperishable undefiled and unfading we have a glorious inheritance in heaven And that inheritance is not bound by physics or chemistry that is constantly at work in this fallen world, tearing things apart. Charles Dutton is a successful actor and director today, but acting wasn't always his thing. Before he went to school to study acting, he went to prison. He was was convicted for manslaughter, Eventually, he got out on parole, but while he was on parole, he was arrested for a a weapons violation. He went back into prison where he got into a fight with a guard. So he spent many years in prison. Eventually, when he got out, he decided to go to school, and so he worked hard and he made something of himself. He wound up going to Yale. He tells his story of going from jail to Yale, (laughs) While he's there, he starts to, he studies acting. He begins to learn the theater and he, he becomes very, very good at his craft. He's a good actor and wound up doing some TV shows as well as Broadway. Someone once asked him how he made that difficult transition. And his answer was, was unique. He says, Unlike the other prisoners, I never decorated my cell. What he meant was, I never put up decorations in my cell because that's not my home. I never let my cell, my prison, become my home. He understood that it was a temporary place and a temporary arrangement. Friends, if you are follower of Christ, if you trusted in him, then you need to remember this is not your home. This is just the place where we're passing through. This is an opportunity to serve him and to bring others along on the journey with us, but we're headed home. This is, we're, a, we're pilgrims on a journey. This is not our home. And so we have an inheritance that is eternal, and that brings us tremendous hope a part of that living hope that helps us continue even when things are dark. But not only do we have an inheritance that's eternal, we have protection that is powerful. We can hope not only because we look forward to where we're headed, but we can also hope because we have protection while we're here, while we're wandering through the darkness, while we're facing perhaps the most difficult year of some of our lives This is a dark world. This is a difficult time. There are harsh realities all around us, but we have one who protects. Look at verse 5. Who by God's power, you see, his protection is powerful. Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. We have a powerful protection that's going to get us through this experience until we can finally get to that last day where we will see him in all his glory and we'll be set free from all the darkness and the heartache that surround us. Perhaps you have heard the legends of the rite of passage for early Cherokees maybe you've heard the story that that when a boy would reach the age of 13 or so that they would take him out to the forest and they would blindfold him and they would say you have to sit right here all night long and you can't take off the blindfold it was an experience that would build courage and prove his his bravery that it was it was how he could prove that he was ready to be a man and they would take this this young man out blindfold him, say sit down all night. he would sit in that place not being able to see, certainly being able to hear all kinds of things around him and he was to stay there until he could he could feel the sun coming up in the morning, he could feel the sun on his skin then he could take the blindfold off and time after time when this when a, a young When a boy, a teenager, would go out and go through this experience, the sun would come up and he would finally be able to take that blindfold off. And when he took the blindfold off, he could see his father who had been with him all night long. Friends, we can't see him. Sometimes it's as if he doesn't hear us. We're going through life with a blindfold on. This is a dark time. But I want you to know that through it all, we have a loving Father who is close by, who is providing and protecting, who is taking care of us each step along the way. And one of these days, death is going to come to all of us. And in that moment, our great protector Who loves us is going to continue to protect our very soul. He's going to take it back to that place prepared for us. We have reason for a living hope because we have an inheritance that is eternal. We have protection that is powerful. And we have faith that is growing. We have faith that is growing. Quickly, look with me at six and seven. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. How many of you have been grieved by various trials in 2020? Hasn't this been an awful year? This has been rough. It's been hard on all of us. For some of us, it's been even more personally difficult. But listen, as hard as it is, look at this perspective. If you look at it in the big picture, the eternal picture, the kingdom picture, then in this you rejoice, though now for a little while you've been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, which is more precious than gold that perishes even though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, every time we go through this difficulty, it's strengthening our faith. It's like the gold that's tested in the fire. It's not that you're testing to see if the gold is okay or not. The process that's called testing with the gold is that it makes the gold stronger. It burns off the dross and gets rid of the stuff. So the gold is pure and strong. When we go through the difficulties in life, understanding that they are actually temporary, it makes us stronger, it builds our faith. And, and there, there's, a, there's a reason that, that that's important because we have to walk by faith, right? We walk by faith, not by sight. We don't get to see Him. But we have to trust Him. But did you notice there at the end of, of, that, of that verse 7, it refers to the time that we finally get to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. Revelation means something's revealed. It means that that what we couldn't see, now we can. One of these days, we're going to get to see Him. One of these days, we're going to see Him face to face and bring Him all the praise and the glory. Until that time, Our faith is going to keep growing stronger and stronger and stronger so that when we see him, we're ready to say thank you, praise and glory. One of the other blessings that comes, that adds to this this hope is that we have a Savior who is unseen. We have that Savior who is unseen. In verse 8, though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see Him, you believe in Him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Even though we can't see Him, we trust Him and we know we can trust Him. One of these days, we're going to be able to see. One of these days, we'll no longer walk by faith. Did you know there's no faith in heaven? No faith in heaven. We need faith down here while we can't see him, while we got the blindfold on. But in heaven, we don't walk by faith. In heaven, we walk by sight. We get to see him, get to be with him, get to enjoy his presence in a, in, 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 in a way that is more real than anything we can experience here. There's a reason for our hope. And finally, there's one more blessing that is a part of that living hope, and that is a glorious future. We have a glorious future. In verse 9, it says, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. We look forward to that day that we experience the outcome, the salvation of our souls, he says. In other words, he says, you have been saved because you trusted in Jesus. So you have been saved from the penalty of sin. You are now in the process of being saved as he sanctifies you or or as he makes you more like him. He is delivering you. That's what the word saved means anyway. He's delivering you from the power of sin. You've been saved from the penalty of sin. You are being saved from the power of sin. You will be saved from the presence of sin. There will be a day when that salvation culminates in us being set free from this fallen, messed up, mixed up, goofy, crazy 2020 world. And we'll get to be with him in all glory where there are no tears, where there is no pain, where there is no disease, where there's no more dying. We will get to be with him if we walk with him here even though we can't see him. If we follow now, we'll be with him forever.